What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, and initially we had planned for a super podcast episode here on this Tuesday, and it is so super that we ended up having to split it into two separate podcast episodes. So, if you want to check out our MLB trade deadline, lots of baseball talk, uh, talk about ballparks and Cleveland Indians changing their name, go back and listen to that episode, the episode below this one in the podcast feed. Subscribe to the Jack Vita Show, wherever it is that you get your podcasts, and make sure you vote for the sports movie bracket on my social media accounts. We also talked a little bit about that in the last episode. It's a good one. Check it out. At Jack Vita Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 128 movies for you to vote on. Full bracket is at my website, jackvita.com. Get on my email list there. And, uh, yeah, you guys don't miss out on any of that. And we are back now for part two of this super podcast episode. Andrew Stem, you just heard me tape our second opening for a podcast episode so you're able to see that i I go a little robotic as i do that little intro for the podcast yeah that's all right it's it's good to give you know have some familiarity give people they can feel comfortable with and and give them some kind of intro over and over and over again always good to have that yeah absolutely so we talked to all things baseball just uh not just a few minutes ago we wrapped that up and now we're talking football college football in particular and man we're if you're up for it i think we're gonna have a lot of a lot of coverage to do with the college football season over the next month yeah yeah absolutely i'm i'm here for it uh we're gonna have to start discussing our plans for the the preview shows how we want to go about that soon uh yeah get to talk about everybody's favorite topic right now realignment (laughs) absolutely so it's funny because you and i we were chatting about a week ago and we're talking about man it's the calm before the storm right now olympics are about to start and then we get into football preseason both nfl and college and then it really accelerates. It really gets a lot busier once you have football going on because then you end up lead, feeding into basketball and hockey season and all the winter sports. And so I like to enjoy a little bit of the calmness of, of the baseball season and of the summer. But here we are. Uh, the storm kicked off when no one was expecting it. We have some big-time news with the SEC, with Oklahoma and Texas. Andrew, I'm going to turn it over to you and you can explain what we have going on here. So, um, th- from the media standpoint, right? Like, part of this is conferences have their own networks. They get paid, uh, networks pay to televise broadcasts. And, you know, the Big Ten started all this with the creation of the Big Ten Network. And they've gotten to the point where they're, you know, I think schools who were, became partial members, of, owners of the, the network, I think they get something like $45 million a year. And so that's kind of, you know, spiraled out of control. That's why they added, partially why they added Maryland and uh, Rutgers was to get on cable in the Northeast. And that means more money and, and money kind of drives this whole thing. And uh, the Big 12 is decidedly behind in how much their um, teams get paid, their schools get paid. Um, and the SEC with the, the creation of the SEC network, all in by ESPN. You know, that value is shot up and, um, you know, they paid a bunch of money for the new SEC rights. They're all going to be on ESPN and ABC um, starting off in, I think, 2023. Um, so, um, yeah, at SEC Media Days, there was a, a big uh, 
bit of information that came out and uh, the report came that Texas and Oklahoma had been looking at uh, and they'd reached out to the SEC uh, about possibly joining their league and you know about uh, 10 11 years ago there was a chance that super conferences were going to happen 16 team behemoths uh, when the uh, the Pac-10, I think they were still the Pac-10. Yeah, um, that's right. When, when they talked about adding basically half of the Big 12, they were going to add Texas <laughs> and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and they were going to become the Pac-16, and they were going to be the first big super conference and have all these media rights and make all this money and, and everything. And it looks for a while like it was going to happen. And then, you know, Texas legislators threatened lawsuits because not all the Texas schools were going to go um, and, and various sorts of other things. And it, and it kind of fell apart. And Nebraska ended up going to the Big 10 and Missouri went to the SEC. 10M later went to the SEC. Um, you know, the, the Big 12 later, you know, lost some teams, added West Virginia, added TCU, um, you know, kind of where we are now. And now with these media rights getting set to come up again here, um, and, and part of this was gone by the, they asked the Big 12 schools if they wanted to extend their grant of rights, which is, um, you know, giving the rights to the, the league to broadcast put your network, put your games on whatever networks they want, partnered with and times and all sorts of other things. Um, because if, if, if you, if people who don't know this, it's the TV networks that decide what games air on what channels, what time the games are played for a while. They had a rule that you couldn't have a game later than three thirty Once the season got to November, you know, for, for fan purposes or whatever. Um, I don't know if they're ever, I, I think they rescinded that a year or two ago. Um, it's still like you need approval in order to play a night game in Lincoln or in Happy Valley or in Columbus in November. But now it's a possibility. But so anyway, so the TV network signed all this stuff and Oklahoma and Texas basically said, we're not willing to extend this ability for you to control our rights beyond 25, which gave people a pretty fairly sizable indication that, that something was going to happen. And then this report came out. And now they've applied. I, I think they applied for membership this morning. Um, I assume the vote will happen pretty quickly, and it sounds like it's going to pass. They need 11 yeses, and it sounds like Texas a and is probably going to be the only no vote um, because they went to the SEC to get away from Texas and don't want to be back in the same league with them. Yeah. Um, I heard – I was listening to the Cover 3 podcast on CBS Sports. Were you listening to that this past week? Uh, I haven't listened to – no, I was kind of in Olympics mode. Okay. So I've got it in my feed okay. but haven't yes. listened to it yet. So but I'm I, sure. can't, I can't remember which guy it was who said it, but they do a great job over there. Credit to CBS Sports, Cover 3 Podcast. Check it out. I'm going to give them their props here, their credit. And one of them said that the A&M and Texas situation is basically Texas uh, – for, for lack of a better term – you have this uh, big brother and a little brother. The big brother is the favorite child, gets the great grades, is you know a big-time star, and the little brother's always in the shadow of the older brother. Now the little brother finally moves to a different part of the country, small town, and becomes very popular and becomes a big star. And all of a sudden, the big brother calls and says, hey, I'm moving to your mm-hmm. town. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> That's pretty accurate, and um, you know Texas A&M have been able to recruit and say, "Hey, we're the only Texas school in the SEC," and now they can't or won't be able to do that soon. It sounds like, and you know, there's a lot of acrimony between the two schools, and and I think the younger sibling or siblings is a pretty good way of of talking about it. Um, so yeah, 
you know, there's certainly money will be a, a reason for this. And, um, you know, the, the leagues get to re-discuss their television deals when they expand. So uh, people are talking. There was a story this morning that sounds like the SAC might make almost as much money as the NCAA does as a whole. Um, so, you know, wow. certainly that's certainly something to keep an eye on. But well, even more importantly, I guess, one is what the league does to – you know, because it sounds like Oklahoma and Texas are prepared to play until 2025 in the Big 12 as lame ducks, which is which is never going to happen. Um, I don't think because also I certainly wouldn't uh, want to be. Um, you know, the you know the league can certainly take out retribution. Somebody tweeted out as a joke this morning that the reasons Oklahoma was upset is um, you know they play a lot of 11 o'clock games because that one of their partners is Fox and Fox has decided rightfully wrongly not my position to tell people but decided that it was too difficult to try and challenge you know abc's saturday night football right the, the game of the week on abc and espn has a night game and and things like that so fox started putting their marquee games at, at noon eastern right big noon saturday well oklahoma got mad that so many of their games were played early um you know that they like playing night games in norman and and things like that and don't feel like they're getting the same kind of showcase which is one of the reasons they were unhappy well Something that uh, one of our Oklahoma listeners, Josh Harding, sent to me was from, uh, and I feel bad that I'm, this is from, he's, he. there's a beat writer that he's a big fan of who relayed this information. I don't know the beat writer's name at the top of my head, but the story was part of the big part of that with the Saturday mornings is you can't really bring recruits in on Saturday mornings because they play Friday night football games. And how do they get to the school from potentially another part of the country in time for that Saturday morning game? That's extremely difficult. So if you could get some games later in the afternoon or at night, they would. They were looking at, hey, we would love to be able to move some of these games. Big 12 commissioner Fox said, no, you can't. Oklahoma felt as if they're the cream of the crop with this conference that gives the conference credibility without Oklahoma and Texas, you lose those two schools and we're going to see what happens in the big 12. Yeah. Yeah. It will be, you know, that they, they certainly have a right, I guess, to a gripe. Um, and it will be interesting to see what happens to the big 12. So, uh, you know, people have, have, have taken to pointing out that, um, you know, for all their kind of, we run things, uh, you know, Texas has one national title. That was Vince Young's team when they beat USC uh, Oklahoma has the one, right? Josh Heupel. 2000, right? Yeah, 2000. They've been, you know, they've been good for a long time. But if you can't win, you know, and, and maybe it changes, with, maybe the calculus changes with the expanded playoff, and if it goes to 12, you know, we'll get five SEC teams in the playoffs maybe and, and things of that nature. But if you can't beat, you know, the Big 12 or the SEC teams now. And, you know, Oklahoma has shown up on the field and gotten blown off it a couple of times. What are you going to do when you have to play those teams on a regular basis? Like if you end up, you know, you're, you're used to being the top dog and now all of a sudden, you know, and, and the rumors are if they go to East and West, they'll move Alabama and Auburn to the East. But, you know, you got to play LSU every year. How's that right. going to work out? Like, like, like you're going from, and, and it's a calculated move, but you're going from a place where you run everything to somewhere where you're, you could be an also ran. And are people going to be happy with 
well, hey, we went eight and four, but we went eight and four in the SEC. Right. You know, is that that's that's the kind of thing you have to weigh, and you know, maybe you get a chance to recruit better. You know, because there are so many good players in the South, you can recruit better in the South if you're in the SEC. But I think their idea is we're going to be able to recruit better by moving into the SEC because, uh, and this is another good little tidbit I heard. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz, did I say his name right? Missouri's head coach. Yeah. Yes. So he, <laughs> there was a, he had a couple funny stories from this. Was one he asked, "Hey, can we say horns down?" That, that was a good one with Texas in there. And then the other one was that he said that, uh, or this came out, I can't remember if he explicitly said it or if some reporter said that. It was basically the idea is he's going to be recruiting, when he's recruiting some of these same kids that Oklahoma and Texas are going after, he's going to say, you guys want to play in the SEC, right? I mean, they uh, look at Texas, Oklahoma. They want to come to the SEC, so yeah. <laughs> you can use that over them. Um, so I think I think that's kind of the counter argument is like you move in the SEC and every kid wants to play in the SEC. But look at Ohio State. Look at what Ohio State's built and how they run through the Big Ten every single year. And Big Ten, Big Ten's no slouch. That's a that's a tougher thing to do than what Oklahoma has to do year in and year out, and they're still able to get the recruits and compete at that. You know, we haven't seen Oklahoma win a playoff game. No, wait, they they won. Did they? No, they didn't. They never. They've not won a playoff game, right? College football playoff. They have not. No. Yeah, and Ohio State won a national championship. Mm-hmm. So I do think I think it's really interesting to hear both sides of that argument. But if you go into the, as you mentioned, you go into the Big 12, or sorry, you go into the SEC, and you have 16 teams in the SEC, someone's got to finish at the bottom of that every year. Yeah. So if Texas moves in, and they go 4-8 uh, four and, four and eight in, the, in the SEC, what's the future for Texas looking that, like? That, that, a lot of that's, good questions. That's a really good question. Um, you know, and, and another one is, uh, you know, what do they do about scheduling? Because they floated the idea of 14 pods. Because if you play, and the SEC is notorious for only playing eight conference games. Do they do they decide to add a ninth conference game like the Pac-12 and Big Ten have done? Um, you know, maybe. But if they just stick with straight divisions and stick with an eight conference series or a conference schedule, then you play the other seven teams in your division and you play, and maybe you have one cross-division rival. Or even if you don't, you know, you play one team cross division, which means you've got teams that, you know, you'll play once or twice a decade. Like I read somewhere, even in the 14 team league, the way it's set up now, Georgia and Texas A&M have played once and Georgia's not coming to A&M until 2024. So it becomes kind of where they get so big that they almost kind of cease to be conferences and they're almost just kind of loose affiliations. Like, yeah, we know that team. We play them every once in a while. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I don't, I don't know what can be what can be done about that. I think I think you and I probably I don't want to put words in your mouth. I don't think either of us are real excited about this. No, no. I mean, like on the one hand, it'll be hey, there'll be other big games, right? Like who? Yeah. It it, it will be fun to watch Oklahoma play LSU every year, right? Or every couple of years. But like, you know, what this might mean for stuff down the road, like if the Big Twelve ceases to exist or you know, what does the Big 12 do? Because the Big 12 obviously wants to 
you know, if they can, what do the eight remaining members of the Big Twelve decide to do? Um, because- they just become like the they pick up some teams from the American Athletic Conference, maybe. I mean, I guess you got Houston and SMU. It's like, well, SMU's not going to move the needle. You try to get UCF. Right. I mean, you're you're either way. It's not the same conference that it was. Right. Well, and then the thing becomes is you know TV deals come up and. Let's let's not beat around the bush here. It's yeah. the, the reason these moves got made about money, people are always thinking about ways to make more money. Like, I love college sports. They're also terrible because they're so dependent on money. Like, in the NFL, you know, you know, with the revenue distribution, like, you know you're going to get your money, right? Like, that's that's how it's going to be. Whereas here, it's like survival of the fittest. So do the remaining Big Ten schools or Big 8 schools, or Big 12 schools, rather, Big 10, Big 8, Big 12, whatever they are, um, I mean, they, you know, put out a statement saying we're going to, we're going to band together, right? At the same time, you better have a plan B. And, you know, um, I mean, I guess does, does the Big 10 decide to go to 16? I don't know if they wait and see what happens with this 16 team super conference. You know, if you decide, you know, people are saying the Big 10's happy to stay at 14. Um, but you know, that's, that's people saying things because it's on the record and you never know what's actually being thought of. Um, Andrew, I think that regardless of what happens, the big, the big 10 outside of SEC has to feel the best out of any of these other conferences because they have all those big programs and brands. Big 10's always, unless we move into something where, and it could happen and we'll, we'll probably talk more about this. If call it, if the NCAA, if all these schools end up leaving the NCAA and basically starting their own league and you have some massive realignment or radical change in this league, the big 10, I feel the, they should feel the most confident and comfortable. I think of these other power conferences you have the Michigans and the Ohio States and you have Big Ten basketball and everything like that. I don't think there's going to be a rush for them to have to pick up schools. But, I, I mean, look at if you're Pac-12, you might start sweating here. You don't want to turn into the Big 12. Yeah. You want to try to add and expand that conference. To, you don't want to lose the credibility of that. And the ACC is – I think ACC is going to try real hard to get Notre Dame in the ACC as a full-time yeah. member. Yeah, Um and you know, it sounds like uh, Notre Dame still really hesitant about that. They they like their they value their independence. Um, yeah, and well, more money there. I'm, for now, there is right. I mean, uh, yes, yep. Um, you know, if down the road maybe that's not turning out to be the case, but for now it is, um, and they like the ability to to pick and choose their own schedule, and they've got that scheduling agreement. Um, you know, I think they would be kind of the you know, not that this is going to happen, but they're kind of the, the golden goose I think the Big Ten is chasing. They, they make the most sense in terms of footprint. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, the Big Ten's not going to do that, and they've rebuffed they've rebuffed the Big Ten on multiple occasions. So I don't think that's going to happen, although I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, you, you I think know. the other thing that mentioned here, uh, I, I know we're kind of going all over the place. We'll try to cover as many of these bases as we can, and we can circle back to anything that I had said or you had said. Um, I think that these big, these other Big 12 schools, Kansas, Iowa State, they're going to be itching to leave pretty soon. So Kansas to the Big 10 is something that I think people have kind of floated out there. 
I think I think the the power. I mean, Kansas is not a big football school, but it's a huge basketball school, and I would not want to stay there in the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's certainly a really good point. Um, you know, the question is, and because you know a lot of this money comes from football, is you know Kansas football doesn't move yeah. the needle. They're a great basketball program, and adding them would make Big Ten basketball even better. And you know, it, it's. I don't know, sports economists, folks, a lot smarter than I am, you know, have to sit down and figure out the cost-benefit analysis of, because if you add more teams, then you have to divide the pie up more. And can you figure out a way to, you know, make more money so that the pie is divided, even if you're giving it up, dividing it up amongst more schools, everybody still makes more money. Now, the the big, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten, their rights deals are both coming up in the next couple of years, I think 2023 and 2024. Um, so, you know, they, they've got a little bit of time to survey the landscape because it's not like Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the Big 12 this year. Um, I would guess it happens well before, um, you know, the, the 2025 season when their rights are supposed to be up. It would not be if it doesn't happen by the time the 2023 season rolls around. But, um, you know, the, the, the Big Ten the Pac-12 and the ACC are going to have to do some surveying and, you know, are we ultimately going to go to four 16-team super conferences? Is that kind of the direction this thing's going? Um, you talk about possibly superseding the the NCAA. I don't know whether that will ultimately happen only because there's so much money in the college basketball tournament. There is so much money. And like yeah. not, not, not on the same level yeah, as these I agree football contracts per, per school because, you know, you only get conferences get the NCAA tournament money when you win and NCAA units. And I know we've talked about this before, but um, like does a, like say we get to 16 or four 16 team comps, like does the ACC, do those four 16 team leagues move the needle enough to merit? Oh yeah, we'll have a big basketball tournament and people will care about it. And I don't, I don't think it does. So I think ultimately like maybe for football, you know, there may, there may be a further splintering and there may be like an FBSA and an FBSB or, you know, maybe schools like the Mac and whatever else, maybe they end up floating back and we'll have to figure out where everybody goes. But, um, you know, it'll be very telling to, to kind of see what happens. I think the Pac-12 can strike while the iron's hot. Um, you know, there were rumors floating around that the Big Ten was going to try and take uh, – USC and UCLA. Um, <laughs> I mean, there there are a lot of crazy rumors. Like all you have to do, all you have to do is spend a little bit of time on a message board, and everybody thought anything. And <laughs> you, you know, if something sticks, be like, "Hey, I was right. I'm a genius." Um, so yeah, I mean, like you look at those message boards, you convince yourself that Big Ten's looking for Valpo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean and non <laughs> non football membership, right? But um, yeah. So w- we'll see. Um, you know, I don't think this is going to be the end of it. Um, I mean, it will be interesting to see what those remaining Big 12 schools decide to do. If they try to band together, um, you know, and, and add Boise State, maybe BYU, Cincinnati, UCF. I mean, you can make yeah. a decent you can make a decent conference. Yeah. But the question is, you know, Houston, I think, would be another good one, yep, especially for basketball. Know, for sure. And can you, you know, can you come up with a way to make that? profitable 
or desirable to the TV networks because yeah. that's that's what you got to figure out. Is it is it better for us day here try and get more money? Because if it just stays the eight, like they're 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 not gonna right. I mean, the TV networks aren't gonna pay for big money for for Kansas and Iowa State football. No offense to the Rams, they're just not where the money's at. So, you know, they've got two options, and it's either you know we try to expand and we see if we can make this a workable conference, and you know you take maybe the the best teams from the Mountain West and the AAC. And, you know, that's kind of your geographic footprint anyway, West Virginia. So, and, and, or do you go, or do they go, those schools look, look, there's, there's nothing here. We, you know, it's not going to work. We need to find the exit door. And, and at that point it becomes, you know. And that, if that happens, then that's the start of the gigantic reshapement of college all these conferences because then you're adding teams to different conferences i think that's really the key here is in order for it to if this you know i i guess i'll ask you this andrew is do you think this is the beginning of something really big that's going to transpire over the next 12 months maybe maybe a little longer than that or do you think this is just going to end up being a smaller thing that yeah it stinks for the big 12 really changes how we look at power conferences um i mean i guess there's no no either way this is a big deal i'm not saying that it's not a big deal but the question becomes does it is this the start of something more and there's more of this going on and i guess i think probably the answer lies in what ends up happening with the big 12 sticking my finger in the air and seeing which way the wind is blowing um I'm inclined to say that something is, this is the start of something. It will, it will not rise me if the Big 12 as an entity ceases to exist. Um, you know, because if the, I I do think that they're going to look at it and the money will be good enough that the schools are going to decide or the leagues are going to decide we'll get to 14 team leagues and then we'll go from there. And so then you start to kind of, kind of draw things out and go, okay, well, Texas Tech and, you know, who does the Big 12 or who does the Pac-12 reference grab? Because you figure they're going to try, I mean, do they try and pull teams out of the Mountain West? Like, they, they've been pretty hesitant with Boise. Um, you know, I don't know if they can convince BYU to come out of independence, you know, because they seem to be pretty happy in the West Coast Conference with all their other sports. Um, so then is it like, is it Texas Tech, Oklahoma State? Like, are you taking four of those schools and then basically leaving Kansas, Iowa State, Kansas State and um, are there five schools in Texas in the Big Twelve? Not counting uh, Baylor, Baylor, TCU. Texas Tech, TCU. Oh, I'm forgetting West Virginia. West Virginia was the team I was forgetting of. So, you know, the, the rumors are the ACC maybe for West Virginia. If the ACC tries to get to 16, um, yeah, West Virginia makes a lot of regional sense there. Right, and you know, there's a lot. Not politics, but there's a lot of non-athletic decisions, right, that, that go into these things. There's the, the the AAU, I think, is the Association of American Universities or something along those lines, and, like, certain universities are members of it. And previously, the Big Ten has been very much, the Big Ten presidents have said, you know, in order to invite a school, you've got to be a member of this university organization. Um, 
which I think is is based on academic ratings and a lot of other things. And so uh, Nebraska was in it and then actually ended up being dropped from it, I believe, a few years ago. Um, and I know West Virginia is not necessarily one of those schools that's in it because West Virginia might make decent sense for the Big Ten, right? You, if you're going two and you need 16, you know, that gives that puts another team kind of out there in the northeastern sort of corridor um, along with State and Rutgers and Maryland. Uh, Pitt might be another one, but I don't know how easy it's going to be to convince teams to leave the ACC um, if the ACC might be one of those conferences. Um, you know, Kansas makes a lot of sense. Iowa State might, but does Iowa get, um, you know, can Iowa convince enough teams? Because I don't know if they want to be in the same conference as Iowa State. You know, people have floated Oklahoma State. Does the Big Ten want to stretch that far? In reality, it's basically already out there anyway. Stillwater is, I don't know, six hours south of Lincoln. Um, so, I think I think another question is how does this end up impacting other sports? Because it's all coming out of football, which is the biggest cash crop, obviously. And it's really going to be interesting how different college football could end up looking from other sports, potentially. It already does look quite a bit different in terms of how they do postseason stuff, in terms of how many FBS schools there are compared to just have you have two subdivisions of Division One. And I think what's interesting is when you kind of when you travel for football, it's different from traveling for other sports. The soccer, baseball, when they play in the middle of the week and they play more games. In, in football, you're only playing four or five road games a whole year, so you could you could travel anywhere for those games. It's not a big deal. But when you make your volleyball team or your tennis team or your baseball team, and they have to continuously just go across the country that's where that's something you have to to weigh and you don't want to you don't want the end result to be those schools or those uh those athletic programs just being cut because they're not financial money makers yeah yeah it's one thing to ask tcu's football team to get on a plane on thursday or friday morning and fly to morgantown west virginia it is yeah. another thing entirely to ask the volleyball team to do that on a Thursday and get to a point where people are out of class more and, you, you know, do the costs offset it, do the, you know, all that stuff, all those good points that you mentioned. And it would be nice to see conferences go back to where they were originally and being much more regional, <laughs> yeah. but that's, you know, that's, that's not where we are now. And unfortunately, at least in terms of what it means for everything else, football, you know, football drives football drives the bus um you know so what does that mean for other leagues and like you know i mean we i I know you're a recent convert to college baseball like not necessarily i mean (laughs) oklahoma's been decent but they haven't made a college world series in in a while but you know adding texas to that all of a sudden now you've added another really good baseball program to what's already the premier conference in in baseball um you know do they do much for the basketball brand not really I mean, Texas isn't terrible, but and like Oklahoma had Trey Young a few years ago, but like they've, you know, neither of those teams yeah. and, and Blake Griffin, but neither of those teams are one of those that you're gonna like. Now the SEC is gonna be like the premier basketball conference. Like I still don't think like that's a thing. So, <laughs> right. Um, and in fact, Andrew, the Big Twelve. I mean, we might forget Big Twelve may have been the best conference for basketball last year. Yeah. Basketball was awesome last yeah. year in the Big Twelve. Yeah, we spent a lot of time about so like, and, and Baylor's the defending national champions. Like they may end up 
you know, I mean, depending on how things go, there's a chance they could end up playing like in the Mountain West or, or something along those lines. Um, you know, so it's, it, it will be interesting to see how everything shakes out. I mean, it's, it's sad to see, you know, these, these teams that have had these regional rivalries and things for so long, um, you know, possibly go by the wayside. Like what if, you know, it was good that Texas and Texas A&M played every year, and so now they'll play again. But, like, what if yeah. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State can't play every year? Um, you know, or if Kansas and Kansas State end up going in different directions or, or things of that nature. You know, so so there's a lot to there's a lot to change, and, and I don't know, there's some, there some doom and gloomers out there who are saying this is the, the end of college athletics as we know it, and, and maybe, this, maybe this turns out to be a tipping point. Um, do you feel, do you feel that way in any capacity? I don't, um, yeah, you know, I, I like, and this is, you know, not the the discussion for this, but I I know a few people who were like, once the name image and likeness stuff passed, like, like the, you know, players get paid, this is the end of it. And like, you know, I don't feel that way. I'm certainly not going to begrudge people who feel that way. Um, but you know, I think it's fine that the players can, can finally make some money off their, their image but like you know that it's not like all the schools are going away i mean if there's a chance i guess there's just that you know the 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 really big ones could eventually break away and form their own thing and that wouldn't be nearly as much fun but um i mean i don't think college sports are going away so they may look different but i i don't think this is the end of college sports as we know it um it's changing quite a bit we're having more transfers we're gonna have guys make some money which I believe was overdue. I, I yeah. and they're going to be obviously they're going to be some hurdles that come with that that we're going to have to make sure that we don't have you know programs funneling money in through a sponsor. We don't want that kind of stuff. Like it's it's going to be tricky, but it was already tricky before that. Yeah. So there're going to be some changes, but if you love college sports, you probably will still love it. I mean, I don't think I don't think having an opportunity for these guys to make a little money is going to ruin it. And I think there is part of the draw of college sports is the fact, I mean, that uh, d- documentary with Palmero and uh, Will Clark, Palmero talks about how college baseball is so much more fun because you're just doing it for the love right. of the game. You're not collecting right. paychecks. And so we would hate for the desire to try to make as much money as you can ruin some of the fun of the sport for the players. I don't think that's ultimately going to be the case. I think it's still going to be fun. I don't think every guy or girl is going to be able to make money. Um, So yeah, it's definitely changing quite a bit. I don't think this is the end of college sports as we know it. I mean, that's a loose term. You could kind of, it is different for sure, but it's, uh, I don't know. I think, I think good things can always happen as a result of change. And I'm someone that's typically hesitant and not liking change. I don't want them to leave the big 12. I think it's more fun to have this spread out across more conferences because then the smaller conferences, it feels like there isn't, it feels like the sec now could with football, there's just going to be such a big gap between sec maybe big 10 and then everybody else. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Like, um, 
you know, we everybody likes the underdog story. And when UCF went undefeated and then beat Auburn in the Sugar Bowl, like that was a really good, feel-good moment. And it may get to the point a few years from now where Baylor getting into the, you know, the college football playoff might be that same feel-good story because they will <laughs> overcome the adversity and, and all that stuff uh, to, you know, maybe knock off an Alabama or somebody in the, the quarterfinals and we'll look at that as the same kind of accomplishment. But... You know, to, just to kind of bring it back about, um, you know, will it will they be changing? I feel like uh, one of the the poignant lines from your um, one of the movies I think that's probably a favorite to go pretty far in, in your movie bracket in Miracle when he's talking about talking to his team and trying to to get Herb Brooks is talking to his team and trying to get them to come together and he says the name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than name on the back. Yeah, I, I I think for us especially, you know, and and it's one of those things where. You know, in professional sports, you get your favorite players. I, I talked in the last episode about, you know, how much I like Chris Bryant and things like that and following players' careers wherever they go. But, like, you know, we're both Valpo grads. Like, we will root for the Valpo team for a, as long as they have one. So, um, you know, and, and maybe it ultimately gets to the point where eventually, you know, the, the bigger schools break off and do something else. But, you know, the, the Valpos will be competing somewhere and, and we'll be watching them and, um, you know, I think that's that's the important thing is that, yeah, it's going to look different and it may not be perfect, but they will still exist in some way, shape or form. And we'll just have to kind of go and wait and figure out and see what that is. Yeah. And I think this idea of potentially a new league, basically, if they were to eventually move away from the NCAA and set up their own college football playoff system with ESPN or whatever it is which is really it's really wild to think how much a media company has in terms of just influence on sports because you think about the role of the media typically you think about is just to cover the sports but there's a lot of influence in terms of how these decisions get made because the media company that covers the sport also televises the sport and that's where all the money comes from. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, there are some people who, like I said, you roll through the message board, you see some really interesting. And there are some people who are absolutely convinced <laughs> that ESPN brought this all about because, you know, they have all the SEC's rights, right? And yeah. uh, Fox splits with ESPN for the Big 12. So this is, you know, a way for them, if they can control more of that, and they control a playoff and, and things like that. And, you know, if you if you really care about it, you can read some of that stuff and you can go all always sunny in Philadelphia with the, the, the great photo <laughs> and with all the red string. Yeah. But um Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's a big uh that's a big deal. Andrew, I got a couple final things here. Uh so many interesting things that we've talked about over the last couple hours between baseball and college football and really college sports as a whole. I think the first thing I wanted I wanna ask you is what does this really mean for college basketball and other college sports as a whole? In terms of, and in summary, by the way, once again, in summary, Texas and Oklahoma are moving to SEC. It's a pretty much a done deal. It will happen. The question is when. How does this impact our, our I mean, you and I, I think we both would slightly edge out. I mean, I, I prefer college basketball. I think you prefer college basketball as well over college football. Uh, yeah, I think it's about so. the same. About the same. I, I think it's. I think it's about the same. Yeah. Um. I mean, the the college baseball, college football, college yeah. basketball. I would order them college hockey even. 
Um, I would definitely put those, I think, even a tier above MLB. Like, I, I feel like I just love the college experience uh, yes. a touch more. Like, I love Major League Baseball. Um, you know, and I enjoy the NHL. The NFL is, is, is an entertaining product, and the NBA is good around playoff times. Like, uh, yeah. But, like, yeah, it's, it's college sports at the top for me all the way around. So Yes. Yes. So how does that – now – We've talked to primarily about this as a college football thing. How is this going to impact college basketball and these other college sports? Um, you know, in, in the short term, I guess, probably not much. We talked about how much does adding Texas and Oklahoma, you know, what does that do for the, the basketball conference? I'm not sure it does much, we see. Um, I mean, they're, not to say they're not high-quality programs, but... Um, you know that not a ton of Final Four appearances recently, so it's not as though you're adding somebody like uh, you, you, or had a bunch of wins. I mean, it wouldn't even be adding like somebody like like if Gonzaga were to, you know, to make a, a move from the West Coast Conference to one of the Power Fives, that would be a you know huge kind of of move to be made. And you know, certainly for football, this is, but in other sports, um, baseball is a big one. I think we touched on that a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, for basketball, I think it's all kind of going to depend on what happens to those the remaining eight teams in the Big 12. Um, you know, if they band together, they're still, you know, Kansas-Baylor, still a pretty good basketball league. Like, Kansas State has had success recently. Yeah. Um, you know, Iowa State is, has struggled more recently, but they were pretty good under Fred Hoiberg. Um, you know, Texas Tech is, was, uh, you know, a loss from winning the national title two years ago. Um, so... Um, they are, you know, Tech's got a good team. They will be good again this year. I mean, Texas is actually building towards a Final Four now with Chris Beard. But um, it's all, I think, going to depend on what those other schools do. Um, you know, I, I think that's how we'll kind of really be able to gauge this, um, you know, because there are some good multi-sport programs that they decide to band together. There are some good multi-sport programs. We've talked about, you know, uh, UCF and um, Houston you know, uh, you know, Houston made the Final Four this past year, uh, and it's been really good under Kelvin Sampson. Um, UCF had, you know, when they had Taco Fall a couple of years ago, almost beat Duke in the second round. Um, yep. And and Johnny Dawkins has um, been a he's been a really good job uh, coaching there. Um, so you know, there are some high quality programs, and if if they bring those aboard, um, it can remain a really good conference. If, if they end up splitting, you know, Kansas, if they end up joining the Big Ten, would make the Big Ten basketball even stronger. Um, you know, I, 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 like, I don't know how I feel about Pac-12 basketball. Like, they've got decent programs, and UCLA will probably be top five. Like, if you add Texas, if you add yeah. Oklahoma State, like, does that, you know, does that make that a better basketball conference? It will be, you know, I, I feel like we've got to still kind of wait and see how things might shake out. Um the, the biggest winner of this could be the American. You know, if the Big 12 dissolves those the schools that don't join the Pac-12, Big 12, or Pac-12, Big 10, ACC, which there will probably be a couple, they'll be looking for a new home. Um, so the American, you know, makes a lot of sense. And, you know, that already might make sense for the Texas schools because there's Houston and SMU and uh, already in the, yeah. you know, in there. So um, I think TCU, by the way, with my my sister says she's like 
we we want to try to get in the Pac-12 as soon as possible, is what my sister said. That's the kind of the mindset with the TCU fan because they don't want to get left behind. And with all due respect to the American, it would make the American better to have TCU in there, but they'd also they don't want to go down from being a Power Five school. Right, right, and that becomes, you know, it, it seems like it's pretty easy to siphon off and say, okay. Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State, those four kind of, they end up in the Pac-12. Kansas and Iowa State, Big Ten. You know, and and West Virginia ends up in the ACC, maybe. Yeah. And and, and Kansas and Iowa State. And and then does does Kansas State end up in the American? Does Kansas State end up in the Mountain West? Do they they go something, you know, entirely different? So it's honestly, a lot of it is going to depend, I think, the, the landscape on what those other... You know what those what those eight schools decide to do, and then really what the other three, you know, power five leagues kind of decide to do. Because you know, if if the Big Ten and the Pac twelve and the ACC decide they all want to get to sixteen, um, probably going to spell the end of you know the Big Twelve in one way, shape, or form. I mean, yeah. You know, I honestly think um, I think Pitt would be a really good ad for the Big Ten. Um, you know, that's Virginia. Um, but like Pitt or Boston College or just one of those Northeast ACC teams. But, you know, I don't know if they have any pull. Like, you know, um, you know, those schools have been together for a long time in the, in the Big East. And then they, you know, went for football. So I, I don't know um, how that all happens, how that all kind of shakes down. If, if the ACC, the Pac-12 and Big Ten just say, no, we're, we're fine where we are. Um, and they may. If they decide that and the the eighth Big Twelve can band together and they can make a, a couple of additions, whether it's two yeah. or four or however many they decide, you know, then then maybe we won't get these big sea changes. But if um you know, if those other leagues decide we want to get to sixteen two, then I think it's probably the end of the line for the twelve and then there's gonna be a lot of scrambling to make sure you're not left standing alone. I will also say I know Texas is collecting a lot of money from this but I really think that this move for Texas football could end up being a poor one because this is a program that the last 10, 12 years, imagine if they had been equal and an equal to Oklahoma as they had been in the past for the big 12. I think maybe the big, the problem, I feel like there'd be less desire to leave the big 12. Yeah. Big 12 would be a little more reputable. Right. And I think you look at Texas and look, they've just brought in Steve Sarkeesian and we'll see there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to turn the corner for that team in a new conference that is the best conference in America. And it's a program that's been very underwhelming for a long time. So I think this is what Texas is going to have a lot to overcome. They don't want to end up becoming like Nebraska or one of these other programs that severely declines. Yeah, no, and I, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, it would be something different. How many times have we said or has it been said in the last 10 years since they, you know, lost to Alabama in the, yeah. the Rose Bowl that Texas is back, right? Like since, yeah. the, since the, the end of the Colt McCoy era, how many times has Texas been back and then, you know, you know not been? So I miss mean, a team that's... I don't know. Would rate them still the second best program in the Big Twelve right now? Um, I mean, I guess, 
I guess probably still probably still historically, although I feel like in recent trends, like you might say Iowa State, Oklahoma State, um, TCU maybe. TCU, I think TCU and Texas maybe, are yeah. so, pretty close together at this point. TCU had that uh, nice little run five years ago for a couple of years where they were mm-hmm. the top of the polls, and I think they've been pretty equal with each other over the last uh, – TCU, the, la- the last great year for TCU was uh, three or four years ago when they played in the Big 12 championship and lost to Baker. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean <laughs> – is is Texas yeah. even so, the best I mean, school I, in the state of in its own state? Uh, I would probably not yeah. at the moment. Um, so yeah, it will be interesting. And and can I just say that would be if you were to make a comparison to TCU potentially surpassing Texas, or at least the fact that it's a conversation, considering where those schools were 20, 30 years ago, that would be like Toledo being an equal with Ohio State. Yeah, back when uh, Ladanian Tomlinson was running roughshod <laughs> over the whack. Yeah, uh, a long time ago. Um, yeah, no, it, I think the goings for Texas are going to be. It's going to take them a while. Yeah. I think I now I, I will say I think Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is going to be okay because if you think about it, really, how many more years is Saban going to be doing this thing? And Lincoln Riley could be that coach for a very long time. Maybe they're able to recruit better defensively now in the SEC. It's going to be a very different style. You go from Big 12 where you have these shootouts every single week to now lower scoring games in the SEC where it's a little more well-balanced. I think that's something that will be really interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, with, with Danny Manziel and um, yeah, I can't remember the, the name of the quarterback at, at Ole Miss uh, the year they were were really good um but you know you can you can win in the sec just to score 60 points right like yeah. <laughs> like that's the thing that can happen but you can't sustain it right like once once manzel left a&m like they weren't as good right and you know once um i name the quarterback escapes me from Ole miss but like once he left they couldn't quite play the same and you know, you can in the Big Twelve. You can basically, if you can score fifty points a game, you can go undefeated, right? Like, like you can say we're not going to deal with defense. We're just going to focus on offense. We think we can score seven touchdowns. We don't think you can score seven touchdowns. That's how we're going to do it. And that will be, I think, a wake up call for them. And I think the the playoff games may have been, uh, you know, a wake up for them as well. And it will, you know, they'll have to change how they recruit. Uh, they will have a bigger base, I guess, to do so from. Although I feel like, you know, if you're Texas or Oklahoma, you're already recruiting nationally anyway. But, um, so yeah, it will be, you know, it, financially it will be good for them, um, at least in the short term. But you know what? Yeah. What happens if they go? You know, if Texas goes six and six, like multiple years in a row, like you can't just keep firing football coaches. But that's life in the SEC, right? Like. You know, you have, you know, one year where you do really good Mississippi State with Dak and, you know, they they almost got to the national title and then like then teams fall back to earth. So um, it will have to be there will you will need a record of sustained success to be good in SEC. And, you know, Texas certainly hasn't brought that over the last 10 years. You could you could make the argument that Oklahoma probably has. I mean, at least to get in their conference, then. 
you know, once they get into the postseason, it's been kind of a different story. But um, will they have the sustained success? Uh, you know, you look back at this and wonder if 10 years from whenever they end up making the move, like when they, they first end their 10-year anniversary of the, when they're season in the SEC, if they look back and go, you know, we should have stayed where we are. Um, you know, and you know, it's the grass is always greener on the other side, right? You get over there and then you go, well, you know, maybe not so much. So we'll see. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to get sorted out. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you follow, uh, former Packers general manager, I think general manager, Andrew Brand on Twitter, but he's a good kind of sports kind of law type of agent discussions. Uh, but one of the things that he always likes to say is there will be lawyers <laughs> and there will be a lot and a lot of lawyers with a lot of billable hours that will get all this sorted out. When can, um, you know, when can Texas and Oklahoma leave because they're going to be admitted and they're not going to play all the way through the end of the 2024, 25 school year. Um, so when can it happen? How much is it going to cost them to leave early? And, you know, if eight schools in that league, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to milk those guys for every dollar it's worth. You know, you pay the exit fees, you pay this, you pay that. You, you know, you want to get out of here. It's going to cost you upwards of a hundred million dollars to do it. And, you know, I mean, they probably have donors big enough to help take care of that. But, you know, coming off a pandemic and, and things like that, you know, will people be willing? And, but, you know, they're not going to want to be lame ducks for, for three, four years. I mean, now they know they're going to get everybody's best shot, right? That they're going to want to, they're going to take them out. So, um, you know, it certainly made the college football season a lot more interesting because I know when we get to talking a preview later yes. on this month yep. or early next, early next month, um, that Oklahoma was going to be, you know, probably be a, a, a top three, top four, top five team when we start discussing, you know, kind of where we have our rankings and, yep. uh, you know, season will take on a whole lot different meaning now. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. The final thing I have for you, Andrew, quickly, we, you know, we don't love change, and obviously there's a lot of change going on. What's one positive from the last conference realignment that we had 10 years ago that you are happy happened? If any. I mean... <laughs> I was just thinking in terms of, like, because we might break up some old-school rivalries. Are there some cool new-school rivalries or new changes that happen as a result of that? I mean, I, you know, I, I really... Locally, I don't know if the people like it, although after this news came out, they were glad to, to not be in the Big 12. But I like I like Nebraska in the Big 10. I think they fit that much better. Um, you know, I, I think there was a little bit of hubris that they thought a lot of their teams were going to roll to kind of dominate the league, and they haven't really done that yet anyway. I mean, Scott Frost is, is still has a chance to get this team on track. But um I think Nebraska fits well here. I think Nebraska and Iowa is a good rivalry, a, a good Black Friday, uh, end of the season type game. Um, the others, you know, I think I think Colorado in the Pac-12 makes a lot of sense too. I mean, they re- they recruit Southern California a lot. That kind of makes sense. Uh, I really was happy that TCU, you know, they deserved a shot at a bigger conference. So them ending up in the the Big 12 was a good one. But. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it did. It gave it gave opportunities to new schools, which is a good yeah. thing. So we'll wrap with that. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me for the last three hours. This is uh, the longest episode stretch that we've done. This is even longer than our uh, NCAA tournament preview, but always a treat to chat with you. I had a blast. 
Um, thank you for your time. And how can people follow you on Twitter and the work that you're doing over there at the uh, at your newspaper? Uh, you can find my writings. We're going to have high school previews coming out here in a couple weeks. High school football season is right around the corner. Uh, and that's at omaha.com slash sports. You can find my witting musings on Twitter <laughs> at 800. Uh, Jack, it's been great to talk with you. I appreciate uh, you having me on and your patience with everything. It was uh, an incredibly entertaining conversation. And uh, oh, yeah. I look forward to being able to talk, uh, you know, ball games that are going to be on the field here real soon. Yep. We will be getting our college football preview going sometime next month. And so we'll be talking with you soon, Andrew. Awesome, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks as always. All right, y'all. That concludes our conversation. Part two of our conversation with Andrew Stem today. Talk some college football. And in the previous episode, we talked some baseball. So if you want, if you missed the baseball episode, go back and check that out. We talked plenty of ballpark stuff. We talked some life. We talked a lot with the MLB trade deadline, the Cleveland Indians changing their name to the Cleveland Guardians. I was at Progressive Field on Sunday and was able to ask the fans what their thoughts on the name change were. So you can check that out. Talk plenty of Cubs with this uh, trade deadline coming up. It looks like they're going to be moving some uh, big pieces over the next few days. Hope you guys all enjoyed today's episode and enjoy that episode as well. Make sure you subscribe to the Jack Vita Show wherever it is that you are listening to your podcasts and follow along on social media for the sports movie bracket. It's at Jack Vita Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Follow along. Uh, Really fun time. We got some big time movies coming up over the next uh, few days here to finish out the first round. I will be back later this week recapping and rounding up the MLB trade deadline. That should be on Friday, and we'll see. I mean, if there's any chance that does not happen, then we'll cover more of it on Monday when I talk with Albert Estrade. We'll be talking plenty of baseball then. It's pretty wild that we're moving into August now. We've got a lot. Sports are really heating up because we're about to move into football season, and I'm going to get a lot busier. So... Uh, Again, make sure you subscribe to the Jack Vita Show and leave a five-star rating and review. It will help us out a lot. And get on my email list at jackvita.com where I'm also writing articles. Until the next time you guys hear from me, which will be later this week, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters. 